Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Daryl Stevens. He's co-founder of the Bass Parlor, and he's got a very interesting background and story. He's a creative content influencer. We're going to be talking about building startups, owning your own IP, creative rights, building a startup, entrepreneurs, and the effect that AI will have in the music industry. And I'm really happy to welcome him to the stage. So, Daryl, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. You said a mouthful. I have a, I have a lot to dig into today with uh with all those areas of music, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I love, uh, like I said, I love um, creative artists, and I think, um, you know, some of the best musicians, Rihanna, you know, Taylor Swift, they've been able to do what you are talking about. So kind of talk about what inspired you to launch Vast Parlor and how you got into the industry and we'll dive into it. Sure, sure. So uh, I guess my journey started a long time ago. I grew up playing sports and, uh, you know, I played college baseball, played, you know, high school, of course, and college baseball. And then, you know, growing up, my entire uh, focus was on being a professional baseball player. So I uh, got drafted out of high school. When I went to college, unfortunately, I didn't get drafted out of college. But I was always, in addition to like loving sports, I always loved music. I was always a person in the neighborhood who made little mixtapes so we can play basketball and you know play uh, football in the you know in the uh, in the neighborhood too. So I was always a huge music lover. Uh, so when I stopped playing uh, baseball, I kind of had to have something to replace that love. I had to have something to replace that passion. So I got really into uh, music production. Uh, like I went full force in music production, auto engineering. Once I finished up undergrad, I went to a school called Full Cell, which is like a recording arts school. You learn, you know, recording arts, how to be an engineer. And when I finished that, it's almost like a now it's a it's a different thing. It's like a four year school. I think they have master's programs here too. But at the time I went, it's more of a trade school. So you get out of there and you uh, you work either in the studio or you work you know somewhere in the music industry. Uh, luckily, I, I got a position in EA Sports as a sound designer, so I was able to work with a lot of the video games, the, the Madden games, the NCAA football games. Um, so I did that for about three years and really honed my, my craft when it came to audio engineering and when it came to music production. Um, I ended up leaving EA Sports and going to pursue my, my graduate, my MBA, and went to Howard for that. And around that time, I started seeing a lot of WeWorks popping up all over the place. And so WeWork was really big all over the country, but I, I was in D.C. at the time. Uh, I would say that's a great idea, but I just I want to see a WeWork specifically for artists and producers. Uh, I decided to open it, but even before I decided to open up uh, what was Bass Parlor Studios, uh, what I did was I just threw a lot of different events for musicians in the city. So I used to invite you know, musicians from all around D.C., what they call the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, uh, brought them out, and then you know everybody would just play and showcase the music they've been working on. So I started building a really big following. I did that in D.C. I did that in Atlanta, um, and it started building the following in those two cities. 
And so when I uh, built a big enough following, it's okay, now it's time to go ahead and open Base Party Studio. So open up Base Party Studios and, you know, long story short, is it was a, almost like a WeWork, just like I said, for, for artists. So we had different stations set up. You can come in, you can rent a station, you can uh, work on your music, whether you're a songwriter, producer, artist. And then we had a recording studio in the back and, you know, they can work, you know, by themselves or in teams and then go back and record the song in back in the recording studio. So we started like gaining a lot of momentum in the independent music um, network and the independent music um, scene in Atlanta and just kept building from there. We also started throwing like monthly events. And this is almost where the idea from for, for the app came from. So these monthly events, same kind of concept, invite a lot of city, a lot of independent musicians around the city. And we give them an hour to create a brand new song from scratch. So we pair them up randomly. They didn't know each other. They were just meeting each other. Different genres. We had, you know, alternative hip hop, R&B, rock, a little bit of everything, acoustic. And we just pair them up randomly and they give an hour to create a brand new song. And from that, it was just a lot of great music that came out of that. A lot of great collaborations, a lot of great music, a lot of great partnerships. And so we were just building a lot of momentum. It was a, it was a great time. But then COVID hit. And then uh, we had to shut down the studio. So uh, I decided, you know, from, from doing those events and from running the studio, I just, you know, I saw how much need there was in the in the music community, especially the independent music community, for a place to collaborate, find collaborators and people from all different genres, all different places around the country, and just collaborate. So we kind of pivoted. Once COVID hit, we had to shut the studio down. That's when me and my team pivoted to okay, we're going to build an app called Bass Parlor, you know, and then it's going to do a lot of the things that we did at the studio, but with the app, we have access to the entire world, you know, theoretically through. So we can uh, not only connect musicians in the city, now we can connect, connect musicians around the world. And so, you know, we've been moving forward, chugging along, and it's building this thing, you know, ever since. Mm. So it's interesting. So it's like a kind of a, for lack of a better term, it's a Tinder for musicians and artists come and find each other or it's a matching or like you know right. pod match or uber lyft airbnb very similar concept um you know we we kind of so tinder is like the swipe left swipe right. we don't have like that kind of structure but it's the same concept we're connecting musicians artists from around the world and then um we also just launched a a contest where we incentivize them to to connect and create they can create a song, upload their song to the contest, and they win the, the prize for that month of the contest. So our whole brand is about collaboration. Everything's about music collaboration across genres, across cultures. Um, that's that's everything Bass Party is about. Because I've seen firsthand the impact that can make in a music community and a community at large. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I like how you um, went from this uh, music studio to an app into a more scalable uh, mm -hmm. business plan. Um, right which is very, very smart. And because uh, as we know, software is eating the world. We're going to talk about AI in a little bit. Um, one thing I'm interesting is uh, this talking about the music industry and especially with, you know, people can get discovered on TikTok and YouTube. What trends are you seeing in the music industry? That's a big trend. Another big trend was a few of them. One big trend, like you said, is a lot of TikTok. Everything is, uh, or I should say everything, a lot is, influencer base so a lot of tiktok trends a lot of tiktok dances um if you can come over a tiktok either a dance or some kind of moment on tiktok you can or instagram now because instagram kind of kind of copy what, what 
TikTok is doing, and also YouTube Shorts. You can you can go viral, and so the focus is a lot not as much in the industry as like creating albums. So when I grew up, I grew up off albums. You used to the singles just almost like a little teaser for the whole album. Now the single is what what people are focusing on because you can make so much money off the single, you know. And so you can get all kind of brand deals and everything off a single that goes viral. So, so much of the focus. And at the same time, because you can go direct to consumer now. At the time, um, you know, when I was growing up um, listening to music, it was almost like a, a rite of passage. You almost had to go through the record labels. And you, you, for the most part, you did have to go through the record labels. Now you have independent musicians. They can go direct to consumer. They can, you know, put their music up on Spotify. They can put up on Apple Music. And uh, they create a big enough following, they won't even need a record label, you know. So, a lot of the focus is on is on creating a hot single, having to go viral, and then you know I even talk to a lot of artists who just do single after single. They don't even worry about creating whole albums anymore. They can just do, release a single, create another single, and you know release another single. So it's a lot of big changes. Not even to mention on the four on the forefront of AI affecting the the music industry completely. It's 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 a uh, it's an interesting time to be in the music industry. Yeah, and I love I love this song. Um, individuals are learning how to leverage um, attention as currency mm. and build a personal brand, and then build a community and a following and engagement to deliver what they're offering. You know, their that that product. You know, singles um, that you're talking about. Right. Uh, right. Huge yeah. unlock. That's a huge value unlock. Like you mm. like. Like that, you know, when I was growing up, you had to um, submit applications and all this rigmarole and you had to do all the jump through all these hoops. And now you just basically one step is bam, you're, you know, you can create your, that's huge. Um, yeah, it is. It's huge. <laughs> and I like, I think it's, it's, you know, it's got its positives and negatives, but overall, I like the, I like the musicians and artists period having that much power, not, not yeah. having a gatekeeper where they have to go through in order to get heard. Um, yeah. That's an option. You can still you know, you can still sign with a with a record label with a major if you want to, but that's not the only option. You can also stay independent if you want to, and you can still have a great following just going independent. You know, you might not have the dollars behind you for marketing, at least not initially. You might not have the, the marketing dollars behind you. Might not have the connections behind you, but there are a lot of successful, especially nowadays, a lot of successful independent artists um, who are doing a great job and making a great living doing it. Yeah. Uh, I was reading somewhere, we'll talk about some of the alternative funding mechanisms and, you know, a lot of these are in the headlines in the mainstream and, you know, with these alternative funding mechanisms, they get a bad rap because criminals use it and scams and pumps and dumps and all these bad actors using it and using it for bad purposes. But mm -hmm. it's um, interesting how you're able to, um, a lot of artists are issuing, you know, different forms of uh, tokens and tickets to their fans directly and they don't have to go through um the big uh what is it the ticket clearing house i can't remember. Yeah. Ticket house. yeah yeah and then basically and live, nation. live nation yeah taking 50 percent of their you know their fees and just ripping artists off which is yeah yeah um, you have a lot of that you even have like um even outside the music industry you have a lot of comedians doing the same thing like louis ck i'm a fan of louis ck he um he does the same thing where he for his shows he sells everything through his website even he releases his comedy specials through his website. So he just bypasses, you know, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, because his fees are so astronomically high for the, you know, for those platforms. He says, okay, let me, and 
because of, because he bypasses that, he can keep his prices relatively low. You know, in comparison to to the other you know other comedians in his at his at his level. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like there's a lot of options out there. So now, like I said, I love the fact that um, you can't be independent. We talk about music, but there's a lot of independent you know musicians, a lot of independent comedians, independent artists, writers. I mean, all the arts. It's really affecting all the arts being able to go direct to consumer now. Yeah. So, you know, the question is, um, with this with this huge value unlock and with Web3 coming, um, should artists sign with a record label or remain independent, control their intellectual property? Uh, what are your thoughts? I think it depends on the situation, depends on the artist. This positive and the negative to both. I think you can't be as far as the backing as far as like the marketing dollars that a, a record label can invest in you and the connections that they have they built up over the years and you know through all the previous artists they've had uh, they might be able to give you some more direction um they don't really do artist development as much as they used to that because of because you can build up a, a you know a, a following on your own a lot of times they're they're signing more established acts or at least someone who has a who has a following first where before it would be more okay. We can sign you. We see some potential. We'll sign you. We'll help develop you, and then you know we think you we think you'll become a star. Now they're now they're signing more people who they are already on the track to being a star. But I think there's a, I don't think that you know record labels are going anywhere. I think the deals are changing a little bit now. They want to cut of every piece of the revenue coming in, what they call three hundred and sixty deals. So not only record sales, not only you know will usually be used well used to be only record sales. But now they want to cut a piece of the show money. They want a piece of, and this is generally. Obviously, there's a lot of um, differences in customized deals, but generally, they're asking a lot for a lot more of you know show money that they get for live shows, a lot more of you know advertising dollars that they might get with a brand deal to make up what they're lacking in the in the record sales. Because now you're not selling a physical record; it's, it's everything streams and everything streamed, and you're not they're not making as much off streams as they did off selling the actual CD or selling the tape. So they got to make up that money somehow. But back to your original question, I got off on a little tangent. Back to your original question. Um, I think there's positive and negative to both. I think the money that a record label can put behind you can make you become a star a lot quicker, possibly. But at the, at the same time, they want a bigger cut. So it's almost like the question of if you're an entrepreneur and starting a business, should you get venture capital funding or should you not? Should you... You know, go crowdfunding route. Should you go venture capital route? Should you self-fund it? I mean, all those are viable options, but it, it, it's I can't say overall this is what you should do. It all depends on the situation. There's some there's some situations in music and in business where you know you have to get venture capital funding or angel investor funding, and there's some businesses you start you can't. Now, I think the same thing where, for instance, a uh, Beyonce, she wouldn't be nearly as big if she tried to be an independent artist. You know because she but she has the backing of a record label but so to get on that level i think that a record label they can just flood so much money into your career it's, it's going to be hard to compete with that but um even in her case she's got a she's got a situation now for herself where she can you know have her own label sign her own people and then she can you know do her own thing when it comes to that but I, to, to answer your question, I can't say you should do this or should do that. Everything is different. You know, some people are in positions where I need I need those money. I need to have a budget so I can get producers, so I can get an engineer. And some people don't need that budget. They already make it enough from, you know, album sales, merch sales, whatever it is like that. So this, like I said, there's positives and negatives to both. Yeah. 
I'm questioning if you know anybody in the industry, like big, like big time, um, that made it big without, you know, the backing of a record label. Uh, I mean, the closest example I could give is like Mr. B for YouTube. He's not a musician, but you know, somebody similar or most most of the big people are backed by the um, the big record label companies. Uh, do you know any? Uh, the biggest one I think of is um. I forgot his name. He always wears the number three hat. Uh, something the rapper. Uh, I forgot his name. It'll come back to me. But he's from Chicago, and he's, uh-huh. he's an independent. He's a uh, you know hip hop artist. Um, really good artist. Ah, I keep forgetting his name. Something the rapper. Um, Is it uh, Chance the rapper? Chance the rapper. That's what it is. Chance, <laughs> the rapper. Chance the rapper. Yeah. So he's the biggest uh, independent artist that I know about. Uh-huh. He has a huge following, of course. He's uh, he does his own thing. And that's uh, there's a lot of local. He's a, he's more of a national level independent artist. There's a lot of local artists that are really big in cities. You know, that's that's the biggest one I, that I can think of off the top of my head is Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I also find um, Tyler Perry. Uh, he's based out of where you in Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. And he basically shunned. He didn't want to be part of the traditional production studio, so he created his own. And he's like, he's actually doing much better than a lot of. Uh, you know, he's just a you know big time uh, mogul there. So uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what you see a lot with like a lot of independent artists. If they can make it to a certain level, then they keep so much more equity in their own business. They keep so much more uh, on their ownership and their own revenue. They don't have to slice that pie uh, so many times. <laughs> um, so like with him, he started out doing play. So you know, I'm a I'm a big. Um, I remember back when this is a long time ago, like 20 years ago, back when I used to have dreads, you know, so <laughs> in my ear, she used to watch the Tyler Perry plays. And I was like, what was this about? Because I used to, you know, she, and this is back when they had VHS. They put the VHS with the DVD in and watch the plays. Next thing I know, he had a movie, the Medea movie. And I was like, that's the same guy from the plays that I saw, you know, on VHS. And now he has a whole compound here in Atlanta, like a whole huge production studio. You know, he owns the whole thing. So it's just like, it, it took him a long time, a longer time to get there because he had to, you know, invest his own money and build from build from plays to movies and everything like that. But when he got to the top, now, you know, he, <laughs> he can yeah. he can he calls the shots. He doesn't have any kind of you know anybody over him telling him what he can do. He can produce his own stuff. He can write his own scripts. He can do anything he wants to yeah. uh, because he, he owns he owns his brand. Yeah. So that's that's a good that's a the upside of being independent. In this case, you know, movies and and uh, plays, but it's the same concept with music, you know. Yeah, there is there is a lot of value in in brand ownership and owning your intellectual property. It's this question of ownership versus renting. And I know uh, Oprah did the same thing. She basically launched her own network and uh, you know uh, calling her own shots as well. I want to talk about this uh, this intersection of AI because AI is huge in this generative art and generative music, and you can actually create um, avatars and you know different musicians. You can create a musician that can mimic your sounds. Talk about how it's going to affect the music industry, entrepreneurship, creative industry, etc. Well, in a lot of ways, I'll start with music. In music, you know, we just we just saw about a year ago where the AI mimicked a Drake Weekend song, and it went viral, and it became kind of a hit until they took it off, and it sounded a lot like Drake and a lot like you know, not, a lot like the Weekend. What I foresee happening is uh, license out their voice. That's what that's the next thing. That's the next step I see. So if I'm a writer and I can write, 
I can, uh, if, if there's a program or something like that or whatever, there's a platform, I'll say, that's built where, you know, I have a series of different artists that all license their voice out. Whatever I write for the AI, they get a cut of that, even if they get the majority of that. I wrote the song. I can have AI sing the song that I wrote. It can be a hit. And then, you know, the artists get a cut of it. I get a cut of it. So I, I see, I foresee a huge rise of songwriters because, you know, if I can license out, let's say, Taylor Swift, and I can write a song. If I'm a good songwriter, I can write a song and I can still, I can use her voice. And she, I mean, everything, she's going to cut of it. Everything is, is you know, legal. Uh, it's good for the artist. It's good for the songwriter. It puts more content out there. There's no doubt. So that's one way I see, that's a huge way I see uh, the music, the music industry going. It's like this rise of, of writers. Not to mention like more songs for uh, like producers is another thing. And hip hop, you know, producers are the ones that make the backing track of instrumental track. Um, AI creating the actual beats like it's, it's going to change. It's going to change everything. I, eventually, I think it, it could get to a point where we can write its own songs. I don't know. I think it's a little farther out. Um, if it gets to that point, I mean, why would record labels even sign humans at that point? You know, you might as well yeah. get an AI. You can you can image somebody. You can, you know, AI can build a character to look like a human being, create the music that can model the voice after any artist they want to model, you know, just feed it enough input. Um so if, if they can start writing the songs themselves, then it's uh, it would be a complete game changer. Yeah. I think the moment we have a, um, a AI celebrity, either main, that goes mainstream, that's a Skynet moment. And just this, <laughs> and just this, you know, with, you know, for example, like, uh, you know, Tesla and Amazon, they, they now have robots, you know, like humans that don't want to work or they want to strike. And, and with uh, now with uh, robots as well. And like, with this Hollywood strike, I think there was a writer strike or whatever. Now, right. You know, if uh, if these studios created AI avatars that could be celebrities, then you don't need the human element anymore, which is right. like, you know, it's kind of like decimated the whole acting industry. You know, you can basically create them, you know, from computer generated. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah that's, that's crazy. And to my yeah. understanding, that was like the biggest holdup in the negotiations with the writers was the AI portion of it. And so it's, that's, that's scary. That is scary. Because I always thought like in the past, like even two years ago, I thought, well, you know, AI can do a lot, but they'll never be able to mimic human creativity. But yeah. if they can mimic. And I'll, I'll say mimic just being kind of vain from a human perspective. But it would really be mimic if they can have their own, if they can create on their own. Yeah. It's, oh. That's scary. That's, that's a scary thing, you know. Yeah. That's a whole different realm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fascinating discussion. I love this. Um, I'm always interested in, you know, the trends and what's going on and keeping abreast and, you know, talking to people on the leading edge. How can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, follow me on Instagram at Bass Parlor. That's B-A. Um, you know, you keep up with everything. Uh, you know, we have showcases. We have a weekly or monthly. Uh, we have just a lot going on. We have a We have a YouTube show where we pair up. You know, musicians who network together and record the process of them creating a brand new song together. We call it the the, the bass parlor mashup. So, uh, you know, follow me on, on Instagram at bass parlor. Also, go to the website base. If you want to email me, email me at Daryl D A R R Y L at bass parlor. And uh, you know, I look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah, definitely. And uh, check out uh, Daryl's YouTube channel. We have a growing YouTube channel as well. Check that out. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, he's all, all over socials. All those resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, 
thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. I love the conversation. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week